and welcome to this week's episode of We're Spinning Plates. I'm Kira, And I'm Em. And before we jump into this week's roundup, I just wanted to give a little shout out to the two people who have left us a review on Apple Podcasts. We've noticed that we've had two reviews now, like written reviews, basically just sharing their thoughts on the podcast and... I just wanted to let you know that it means a lot because that is one of the like biggest things you can do to support a podcast and help it get seen by other people. So anyone who has left a rating or a review, we're very, we love very, you. very, very grateful. So just wanted to start the episode by saying we appreciate you if you're listening and sharing those reviews. It is lovely. But with that being said, shall we jump straight into our roundup? And Em, do you want to kick it off with your weekly high and low? Okay, so <laughs> my weekly high, I think definitely has to be today. So we're filming this on Monday, April 12th, which means that mm. lockdown restrictions have yet again eased slightly in the UK. Although it feels mm-hmm. like they've eased a lot this time. Like a lot's happened. Yeah. Retail's open, gyms are open, you can get your hair done, you can get your nails done. Exciting times <laughs> are having all round. Are having all round? Are happening we all are round. Having them. <laughs> yeah, we are having them. So on my lunch break today, I legged it down to Waterstones <laughs> to meet Kira and Sarah, and we had a whale of a time on Waterstones. It was definitely a high. So, so good. I mean, like, oh, it was just so nice to be in a bookshop and like actually browsing because obviously I've been buying books throughout lockdown but I feel like when you buy books online you kind of buy with intention like you have yeah definitely that's what I was gonna say yeah Mm -hmm. whereas there's just something about browsing like you pointed a book out to me I picked up some books just because the cover looked nice and you just find things that you wouldn't otherwise come across and it's just so lovely absolutely like I went in there with no idea what I wanted um, I came out with three that I'm really excited about and that's what I love about physical bookshops I feel like maybe mm-hmm. in honor of the fact that we went to Waterstones today for the first time in months we should just maybe read about like read the titles of the ones we bought yeah yeah absolutely Do you okay want to so I went for you have to make your own fun around here by Francis Mackin which is funny because I saw it read the blurb said to Kira this sounds like conversations with friends vibes and she bought it too. So we both have yeah. that one. Um, and then I have Last Night by Marie McFarlane, which I've read one of her others before. Um, it wasn't my favourite romance ever, but then I saw this one. I think I saw it on NetGalley somewhere and didn't get approved. Mm-hmm. And I've been wanting that one. So I kind of forgot I wanted it. But then when I saw it in Waterstones, I was like, yes. Um, mm-hmm. And then I also, I've heard a lot about Maggie O'Farrell, but I've never read one of her yeah. books. So I picked up My Lover's Lover, which I think is an exploration of exes I think it's about someone that moves into a new boyfriend or a new someone in their life's apartment and they see remnants of that person's ex and it's all about jealousy and ex-girlfriends and ex-lovers and I'm excited to read that one so that's my little haul what about you nice so obviously as you said I did pick up you have to make your own fun around here because I love Sally Rooney you said it sounded like conversations with friends I loved also reading exciting times by Nisha Dolan which has been compared to Sally Rooney as well and Frances Macken is another Irish author so I'm carving out my little Irish author niche for myself here I just love their contemporaries and I'm excited to read this one. The next book was one that I intended to pick up and that was Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. I'm surprised you haven't read that one already. I know in a way I can attribute this to Sally Rooney as well because there's a new adaptation of um, or an adaptation of this book being made and the main character is being played by Daisy Edgar Jones who played Marianne. Oh yeah I did see that. Yeah, so that has mainly inspired me to read this one. And I know it's got a lot of hype, so I'm excited for that. I then picked up another one that was inspired by you and Sarah as well, who we were at the bookshop with, which is The Great Believers by Rebecca Mackay. You got that one for your birthday and it sounded really interesting. And then I remembered that a few weeks ago or maybe a couple of months ago when we watched the TV show It's a Sin that was big on Channel 4, Sarah found a list of books which basically were about books to read if you enjoyed watching It's a Sin and The Great Believers was on there which also takes place surrounding the like AIDS epidemic would it be called but basically that situation which is what It's Sin focused on so that was that one and then the final book was Just Like You by Nick Hornby who is the author of About a Boy which is a book that I really like so yeah and that reminds me of Hugh Grant because he was in the adaptation I just love Hugh Grant I actually showed Sarah the advert of that um, yesterday because she had never seen it, and I was like, "See, I see I film. did about a boy for English GCSE. Did you do it for? Do you... 
I did not know, but um, when I was younger, my brother and my dad and I had like a selection of a few films that we would watch on repeat. Those films included About a Boy, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, A Bug's Life and Lion King 2. So <laughs> for a specific <laughs> <Love> selection. <laughs> so I just loved it forever. And I only actually read the book like last year, so... Mm. Yeah. yeah, I read it. So it's kind of tainted by the fact that it was for studying, but I did oh, enjoy that one. Shame, and yeah. I've never read anything of his since. But yeah, they were our book hauls. Definitely a high <laughs> for me of this week. Just so nice to go into a physical bookshop. I mean, I wish I hadn't been on my lunch break. I wish I'd had more time to like get coffee with you guys and stuff. But just being yeah. in a physical bookshop and meandering around and just picking up what sounds good. Oh, it's just one of my favourite things. You can't beat Unbeatable. it. Unbeatable. Yeah. <laughs> So that's my high. And then, and obviously for me this week, um, as Kira will know, I had to go home to my parents' house. I actually, so my birthday was on Thursday um, and that was also a high of the week because obviously mm-hmm. birthdays are fun. Um, but I had to go home <laughs> that afternoon to my parents' house in order to attend a funeral on the Friday. As I briefly mentioned in the last couple of weeks of podcasts, um, what, I lost one of my family members. And so that was like the funeral to say goodbye on Friday. And that was mm-hmm. obviously like, a low moment of the week I find yeah. that funerals are definitely a sense of closure and it's nice to see all the people that loved someone in a room together but they yeah. do come with a lot of sadness so obviously that is my low won't dwell on it too much but as we like like to say and why we've reintroduced this part of the podcast is it's okay to talk about the things that aren't necessarily great in your week like yeah life absolutely. isn't always sunshine and rainbows and that's just you know what it's all about that so is life, yeah yeah so what about your high and low my high and low well my high was actually your birthday so yes I really I was trying to I I thought you might go for that so I was like maybe we can talk about both um so obviously it was Em's birthday on Thursday and she turned 23 so she's joining me in the old gang um (laughs) loving that but um we did a outdoor gathering for Em's birthday had a like birthday brunch I made pancakes so we ate in the garden it wasn't the warmest of days but it didn't rain so that was definitely a win she had cake which was the most hilarious thing trying to keep candles lit outside in or the even wind. to get them lit I was yeah. watching back the vlog if I talk of Jay trying to light those candles and I was laughing my head off just such a lovely morning and I, honestly yeah. like I feel like I talk about friend appreciation in every episode lately but you just put in so much effort. You went all out and I really appreciated it. Kira got me some amazing gifts. Mm. Um, and it was just really, really <laughs> nice, especially when I knew that it was going to be like the day after wasn't going to be so great. It was such mm-hmm. a good like start to my birthday. It was just such a yeah. fun day. And I owe you for that. I just felt like obviously my birthday will be when restaurants and cafes and things are open again whereas your birthday fell kind of awkwardly where there wasn't really much we could do and obviously with the fact that the funeral was the next day I just wanted to try and make it as nice of a day as possible. You succeeded. We took some cute Polaroids, (laughs) we ate so much sweet food like literally a stack of pancakes then I, I got a mocha and then a massive slice of birthday cake. Like, what a time yeah. to be alive. Open presents. Literally. It was just such a wholesome morning. Do you know what? My dad is getting really annoyed with me because he thinks I say the word, word wholesome too much. It's but- just <laughs> like a lovely word. I feel like it's a wholesome word. <laughs> I don't know if that's like a thing of our generation because my mom and dad are like, I've never heard that word. Who calls everything wholesome? And I'm like, me. Wholesome. Everything is it. wholesome. <laughs> um so that was my high my low was very obviously a low so on saturday night (laughs) i I don't know what this is oh shit yeah yeah (laughs) i had a bath i got out of the bath and i was just in the bedroom reading my book jay got a bath and again (laughs) no like nothing to note really we're just a standard (laughs) bath and then Jay got out of the bath. We were both in the bedroom. And then the lights all went out. We were like, what the hell? Is it a power cut? No, because we looked outside and all of the other houses in the streets got oh, power. God. So we assumed, okay, a fuse must have tripped. But why? Because we haven't like done any new appliances or anything like that. So we went downstairs to investigate the situation. And water was dripping through the ceiling and through a light fixture so the electricity had cut out to sort of stop any electrical damage but basically something had gone wrong with the bath I don't know if the pipes got overwhelmed or there was a small crack or something but we had a burst pipe 
the leaking ceiling and no electricity and because it was like Saturday night, it was literally like 10pm, it was really hard to get hold of anyone from the letting agency and get it solved and the next day was Sunday and today it's been fixed and that's great but it was like <laughs> definite low of the week. I just had visions of like coming downstairs the next morning with like a ceiling caved through from water damage, which did not happen, thank God. But I was just like, what are we going to do? We've just moved house and then we're going to have to move again because this house is going to be destroyed. But thankfully not. Thankfully all sorted. (laughs) And also you don't realise how much you use electricity until you haven't got it. Oh my god, it was just a bit of a shame because, (laughs) I mean, obviously it was a shame, but a particularly (laughs) like awkward situation because we hadn't like anticipated it obviously and so like both of our phones weren't fully charged jay had work the next day and i was like didn't even think about that i know so jay was at work on sunday so we're like oh my god i hope that the phone doesn't die overnight because we really need the alarm to work in the morning and then Mm -hmm. we had to use the remaining battery of the laptop to try and charge both of our phones and it was just a whole palaver so you know not ideal funny in, in hindsight but at the time i was like oh my god what are we going to do if this is like a big issue and they have to do actual work to fix it? But luckily, I think it was not too big of an issue. So thank God. That was my low, but it was, yeah. We wouldn't have been able to Saturday. record the podcast if it hadn't come back on. So hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Here we I'm are. Like, I was thinking, what am I going to do? I can't even, like, we had to, we didn't get to have a shower yesterday, which was disgusting because we couldn't. That would really get to me. It got to me, honestly. I really, it was a hair wash day and I was like, I'm not happy about missing out on this experience because I really like having my showers every day as a nice, clean, personally hygienic person. So, <laughs> personally hygienic person. <laughs> hygienic <was> or. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it was just stressful but yeah until someone came to look at it we couldn't use the bath or shower to make sure that the leak didn't go any further and it was yeah it was not but ideal, then things but... looked up because it got fixed and then you got to go to waterstones so exactly that's and how quickly I'm life can turn again. around <laughs> you're cleansed both I am. spiritually because you've been book shopping and and physically Literally. because I've had a shower <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely um so highs and lows very varied this week in terms of other things to note, I finished Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Oh, I can't believe that. I loved it. It will be coming your way. Literally, I can bring it to you when we have a garden chat tomorrow. Um, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I'll bring it to you. And it's just, I feel like Taylor Jenkins Reid, I've read all six of her books now, like not counting the novella, even though I have read that, but I just never associate that with her. Um, so her mm-hmm. first three books were all very like contemporary and they did have interesting premises, but they didn't, I didn't feel like they were very like niche, like she hadn't found her groove yet. But then she wrote Evelyn Hugo, Daisy Jones, and now Malibu Rising. And you can so tell that she's found her groove in terms of like that niche <laughs> of creating these iconic celebrity characters to the point where you have to Google and be like, are these characters like real? Like are these people real celebrities? Um, yeah. And they're just, she she has such a talent for crafting this elaborate backstory and being mm. able to, I think, blend timelines so seamlessly together. Yeah. So in Malibu Rising, you've got um, a past timeline and a present day timeline and you just, they just work perfectly and I can't wait for you to read it. I'm not going to ruin it. I'm but very excited. If, you're, if you are also like us, highly anticipating that release, then it mm-hmm. will not disappoint. I would say I didn't like it as much as Daisy Jones, but I'd say it's on par with Evelyn Hugo. So. See, I liked Evelyn Hugo more than Daisy Jones, so I'm excited to see where it falls. Where it ranking. falls for you, yeah. But I do agree, Taylor Jenkins Reid has always been really incredible at writing relationships and exploring the ups and downs and difficulties that come from relationships. But I think in her most recent two books that I've read and assuming from the description you've given in this third one as well, she's kind of carved out a bit of a niche of like you like say celebrities but also yeah. bordering on like the glamorous historical fiction. Yeah. Um rather than like uber contemporary and I just feel like she is incredible she does what she does so so well yeah there's no one that's doing it like taylor jenkins reed she just smashes out Mm -hmm. the park every single time so i'm very thankful to penguin for sending over that copy and now we can share the love and i know that after you i think maybe sarah will want to read it let's just all Mm -hmm. talk about malibu rising together what a time to be alive Um, so that was another part of this week and then just quickly i also i feel like the birthday celebrations just kept on happening so obviously we had the birthday (laughs) brunch um and then i went home which was actually really nice like 
to get to see my family even under mm-hmm. those circumstances because obviously it wouldn't have been legal otherwise to get to go and see them on my birthday so that was really mm-hmm. nice and we had pizza and we had donuts from donut time which I know you were jealous yes. of <laughs> Helen really pulled it out of the bag for that one yeah oh everyone did I just felt like amazing yeah they were amazing and then when I came back on Saturday my housemates had thrown like a casino night like party for us Ooh. obviously it was fine oh, yeah, I lived I in a house share yeah <laughs> Yeah, I live in a house share of five people. I feel like I've mentioned that before. And they threw a little casino night and we all had dinner together and played games and made porn star martinis, which were amazing. With your, por- uh, yeah. with your porn star glasses, <laughs> martini glasses, what I meant to say. <laughs> yeah, they were amazing. Like, they came out so well. I'm really impressed with us. Um, and it was just a really nice night. I feel like I feel like people really went all out for my birthday this year and I really appreciated it. it. I'm so glad you had an excellent birthday. That's what we like to hear. I'm, it, um, you've set the bar <laughs> high. For, I literally am going to go all out for yours. Stop it. I'm so excited. It's it's not that far away now. I know. I've it's literally like been planning what I'm going to get you. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I've already told Jay that he should expect to be added into a group chat yeah. with you and Sarah. I'm going to do that after this podcast. <laughs> we need to make the group chat because I feel like me, Jay and Sarah, we all know you very well. So it's likely that we'd overlap. Yeah. I feel like there definitely could be some overlap. I think especially between you and Sarah, Jay often comes up with present ideas that I like would not even think of. And then he always does a really good job. So thanks, Jay, when you're listening to this, which he is because he's editing it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have one final thing that I wanted to talk about in this weekly roundup that I was shocked to discover. I'm excited. It's about you. What about me? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so we were having a discussion this week about TV, film, nostalgia, all that kind of stuff. And one thing that came up was that you, Emily Merrill, 23 years old, had never seen Shrek. You are not the first person, literally, in in the last few weeks, you are not the first person to, like, be enraged by that. I don't know why it keeps coming up in conversation with people. It's because Shrek is an absolutely iconic film. It's incredible. It's hilarious. And I was just thinking to myself, like, there's so many songs in Shrek, both in Shrek 1 and 2, that just are synonymous with that film franchise to me and to you. They They're just, just songs. songs. But I have rectified it. Bizarre. We did a Netflix yeah. party. We ate yeah. some pizza. And we watched Shrek. Yeah, exactly. A nice, like, a virtual watching party where we connected together and both watched Shrek at the same time because I had to make sure, even though we couldn't be in person, that you made sure that you watched Shrek because it was just necessary. Like, you could not enter your 23rd year of life without having watched I am kind of disappointed in myself because it was really good. I did enjoy it. How do <laughs> it you was, feel? It's just so good. How do you feel that in a month and five days I can come and sit and we can watch a movie together in your house? Oh, that would be so nice. Maybe we'll say Shrek 2 for that event. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think we definitely need to do a poll on our Instagram. If you don't follow us, it's just at We're Spinning Plates. But I'm going to be doing a poll to find out if I'm in the minority and thinking that Shrek is incredible and that everyone's seen it, or whether you are in the minority having not watched it, because I think I'm going to win this poll. I know, I can absolutely guarantee polls, you that I am in the minority. We don't even need I just this poll, be sure. I know. I want to be certain, I want to know. I want to know who else hasn't seen Shrek, because honestly, this is the, the final message of this weekly roundup, is that you should watch Shrek. If you have seen it already, watch it again, you won't regret it. And if you haven't seen it, watch it, you won't regret it, because Shrek is incredible. So. Yeah, I mean, I was glad that you made me watch it. I, I think I would have got around <laughs> to it eventually because, as I say, you weren't the first person to say that to me. Um, but it did take a while. And also, just on the um, topic of the Instagram, I really liked people's responses to the question sticker about highs and lows. I'm really glad we did that. Yes, that's definitely going to be something that we do on a weekly basis because yeah. it's just really nice to connect with everyone, share our highs, express things that we might be struggling with, and basically just you know get to know engage. Each other a bit yeah, because yeah. like I feel like you guys know us quite well, but it was really nice to get to know you a bit better so mm-hmm. definitely going to make that a feature on the Instagram. Fabulous. Okay so without further ado let's jump into the next section. Okay so welcome to the middle section of the podcast. As you know we do take it in turns mainly like most of the time we take it in turns thinking of themes of the week and this mm-hmm. week it was Kira's turn to think of a theme so I'm gonna pass it over to her, pass over the metaphorical mic and you can uh, take you to the floor. 
Okay, well, thank you for being here, everyone. This <laughs> week's uh, middle theme, I just had a little like, vision of where you called it the middle section of like the sandwich that is the podcast episode, and this is the filling. This so, is the, the meat. The peanut butter and jam this week. <laughs> the PB&J this week is the theme of personal evolution. Ooh. And this came about from a conversation that Em and I were having about kind of like changing your mind about things and essentially just accepting that it's okay to change your mind, to change your path, to change your goals and all of that kind of stuff. You don't have to be tied to a certain path or belief system or anything like that just because you once did. So without further ado, what were your first thoughts when we had this discussion? <laughs> oh gosh, really throw me in the deep end. I really like the theme this week because I think that personal evolution is just something that is always relevant. I don't think mm-hmm. I will ever, I don't think anyone is ever like their final version of themselves. Like you're just constantly yeah. changing. And I feel like particularly, I know that a lot of our listeners are in their early 20s or about 20 to their 20s or in their mid to late 20s. And I just feel like this period of life is probably when change is the most relevant. Like change, so much mm-hmm. change happens in such kind of a short period of time particularly I feel like 22 things just kept changing even in a pandemic they were changing so rapidly and as a result I felt that I changed and all the experiences that you have do change you as a person and so we are constantly evolving and also on the subject of changing your mind I feel like sometimes the best things happen and the best evolution happens when you change your mind and so I really like the idea of this theme it really gels with me absolutely I'd also seen quotes that weren't exactly in line with what I'm saying but I summarise kind of like a similar thing which is essentially normalise changing your mind when presented with new information. We're constantly, you know, if you want to be a person who grows and isn't stagnant it's inevitable that you will change and yet change can often seem scary and at least in my own experience change isn't something that I am scared of because I'm scared of changing but it's more that I'm worried that people will interpret me as like flaky or fickle if I go in a different direction um, or don't do something that I once said I was going to do and a good example of that is something that I've talked about very very recently which was that I was going to be starting a counselling course in May. So I applied for this course in January and was accepted. Um, But then, of course, in March, Jay and I moved out and moved into our own place, which meant that our financial situation obviously has changed because we now have a much larger outgoing in terms of rent and household bills and things like that. And I still would have been able to afford the counselling course, but it just kind of got me thinking, like, do I want to be, you know to the wire, do I want to be like really committing this? And of course I'll be going back to work soon out of furlough. And I kind of just started to doubt whether this was like necessarily the right decision to make right now. So the decision I have made is to defer, which you can do for up to two years, which gives me more chance to settle into our new life and not being in Jay's family home anymore and basically just decide what's the right decision and I can go back to it at a later date if I so choose. And I was kind of nervous to make that decision, not because I didn't think it was the right decision, but because I was like, oh, I've told people I'm going to be doing this now, so now I have to tell people I'm not going to be doing it. And so my apprehension about change wasn't anything to do with my own sort of knowledge on what was right or what wasn't right it was about what people would think so absolutely 100% definitely (laughs) I agree (laughs) with what you said there about that stigma of being flaky I think sometimes changing your mind can be the most positive choice you can make but that Mm -hmm. voice in the back of your head that says but I told people I was going to do this and will I be a failure if I don't follow that path is definitely always there. I remember last summer when I was kind of, I was feeling so lost last summer when I lost my job and I didn't know kind of what direction to go in. And so I told everyone, I'm going to move to London. I'm going to get a job in publishing. Like that is my goal. And at the time, having that Mm -hmm. goal really helped. It was so motivational. And then by chance, just because I was applying to a few places, I got my first marketing job in York. And as I've fallen in love with that job, I've fallen in love more with York. Obviously now you've moved here and kind of my view of York and also of my life has evolved. And so Mm -hmm. I changed my mind in that I completely abandoned that kind of path of moving to London and starting publishing. And a lot of people have said to me like, oh, I thought you said you were gonna move to London. I thought you said you were gonna do book publishing. And yeah, I changed my mind. I stayed in York 
And I'm so, so glad I did. And at first it was really hard to come to terms with that because of that stigma of seeing seeming mm-hmm. flaky. But I just think sometimes changing your mind is so necessary. Also because the person that you were when you made that first decision sometimes isn't the same as the person you are when you choose that different exactly. path. Like the girl mm-hmm. that wanted to move to London and work in book publishing still exists. There's a part of me that definitely would love to do that. But that person was very lost and just needed kind of a goal, needed something, an aspiration that felt concrete. And that this new version of me, this evolved version of me, definitely found an accidental path and grew roots in a different place. This sounds very, Mm -hmm. like, hippie. (laughs) Grew roots (laughs) in a different place and is so much happier for that decision. I actually don't think I would enjoy living in London. I think York is very much my home now. Um, And Mm -hmm. I would never have guessed that a year ago. And it all happened because I changed my mind on that path. And I just, I'm so glad I did. Yeah, I feel like it's just impossible, impossible to know what direction <laughs> your life is going to go in. And, you know, we talk all the time, uh, and not just us specifically, but the world about like five year plans, 10 year plans, like who do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to do? All that kind of thing. And like, there are so many decisions you have to make. But although you can plan out your decisions, for example, you could be doing your GCSEs, have chosen certain subjects, move on to choose certain A levels, and then finally choose a certain degree. From that degree, maybe you start thinking about what job you want to do. You can kind of plan that path as the bare bones of what direction you think your life is going to go in. What you can't plan for or account for is the experiences that you're going to have along the way, the people you might meet, the jobs you might fall into, the opportunities that might present themselves to you, or other doors that you might hope to have opened themselves to you might remain closed. And there's just so many things that despite any amount of planning that you might do that you just can't foresee, and those things inevitably encourage you to change your mind and change direction because if we remain really 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 focused on one goal although that can help you to be successful can also like hold you back I think definitely experiencing so many other things absolutely I think human beings are not static we constantly Mm -hmm. change and we are the sum of our experiences as you say the people you meet the things you experience what you go through whether that be bad or good it all changes us and therefore it's going to change the things that you want from life and the paths that you want to take and your priorities because I think going back to my example of this a year ago my priority would have been you know that career on on top of everything else so like I will give up location I will give up proximity to friends to be in book publishing but now mm-hmm. as I've started to settle in this place I realize lost my voice <laughs> I realize I've lost my voice um <laughs> I realize that career is important but so are different other things to the person I am now like I family is important to me friends are important to me like being in mm-hmm. close proximity to that and also location is important to me because I don't think I would have gelled with London um so yeah we're the, we are the sum of our experiences the people we meet and what you want from life definitely changes because of those things human beings are not static whatsoever absolutely I love how we always use absolutely <laughs> as a I tried to mix it up a little bit also like... I'm really proud of myself for clinging on to that thread of a thought I bet you could, <laughs> could you see over FaceTime that I was like what am I talking about you 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 started with nothing and you made it something so that was, I'm not know. even sure it made sense but I, that's the point of a podcast you just saw the cogs turn in my mind yeah we saw you go through a change you know you went from <laughs> no idea and you embraced that change and before we started this weekly theme I was one version of myself now (laughs) I am different (laughs) I love it I honestly think that it is change is fun change is fun it's scary but it can be fun and I think the main thing that I am trying to get myself to embrace as I get older which is happening at a rapid rate um, (laughs) 23 you idiot (laughs) It's easy for you to say you've got a whole year of being 23. I feel like 23 is going to be my year. I feel like that's a prime year, you know? I love it. It's been great for me, so I'm hoping it treats <laughs> you as well. Um, but yeah, I think that as I'm getting a little bit older, um, I'm just trying to become less bothered by what other people think, essentially. And so my mum often tells me that I'm fickle, um, and she says I get that from my dad, <laughs> naturally. <laughs> anything Push that's not good anything that's not good didn't come from her is, is the mindset um, but I love it but um, my dad is fickle also 
he gets a new car, like, between every six months to 12 months. He, like, is like, this is the car. This is the one I'm getting. I'm going to keep it forever. And then he's like, oh, I'm thinking about another car. And I'm like, yeah, of course you are. <laughs> he tries out new hobbies, new exercises, and things like that all the time. And so you could describe him as fickle. Um, and I think I'm quite similar. I dip in and out of other things. I get really into something. And then I'm really not into it after a little while. Um, and, you know, for some people, that's like fickleness but I just think it's fun to explore different things it's okay to have I guess like the different seasons of your life to like something a lot at one time and then move on to something else or other things for example the love of books to keep forever you know like there's just various things that will happen in your life that you might like you might really like something for a while you might really want to try one career maybe you're 40 and you want to try something new that's totally fine and I think when you really tap into what you want, you'll find the right answer for you at the time of your life that you're currently in. When you allow yourself to be guided by, you know, the restraints of what society says you should be doing at any one time, or the simple idea that you chose a career at one point in your life and therefore that's it forever, that's when you allow yourself to not really pursue what you want to do. So yeah. It's not like you have to change. If you're really happy, in your career, in your hobbies, in your friendships, or whatever it may be, if you're really happy, then, like, absolutely stick with it. But if there is something in you that wants to try something else, that wants to change or explore a different avenue, and the only thing holding you back is the fear of judgment of what other people will think, then I would say start to just check in with yourself and figure out, like, why you care so much about that, and what do you care more about other people's opinions or your own happiness Mm. essentially and I even think it isn't sometimes about other people I think it's very easy to attach yourself to this idea of what your life is going to be like and this plan Mm. and I think it all comes down to control when you know what your life's going to look like when you have this firm plan it feels like you're in control and as we've all learned this year it can be a bit scary when things feel out of control um but sometimes the best things come from that I think sometimes the most positive changes in your life can happen by accident or can kind of you know make you feel a little bit like you don't know what's going on at first but then when Mm -hmm. things fall into place you realize gosh I never would have seen myself doing that it wasn't part of the plan but I'm so glad it happened yeah absolutely (laughs) oops absolutely (laughs) absolutely Um, (laughs) but that was a laugh of your lane (laughs) (laughs) lane but I love you Um, (laughs) but um yeah I just think it's it is really easy to be scared of change and that's because change can be scary you know a big career move or deciding to go back to school or something like that it is scary and it will influence your life and change probably the way that you do live because there are implications socially financially all that kind of thing often you know come with big changes I think practically rather than just repeating myself again and saying that change is good um if you are on the fence or struggling like literally just getting a pen and paper out or if you're more digital like making a spreadsheet and just starting to weigh up pros and cons come up with the idea in your head and really start to flesh out and see how you could make it work whatever that change may be and then I think that will also give you the confidence to then sort of not defend yourself but like explain what you're going to be doing to other people because when you've really understood what you're going to be changing and know how it's going to impact you but what your end goal is and what it's going to add to your life and how it will enhance you I feel like that then helps you to explain it to other people, share your passion, and then make the change seem less scary to other people as well. Because I often think if someone's judging you, say, for example, with a career change, that they're probably a little bit nervous about, like, oh my god, I could never do that. Yeah. And they project that onto you. But equally, if you have flirted with the idea of a career change, and then like I've just done with the counselling, decided, oh, that's actually not right for me right now. And then you've told other people, but you have to go back on it. You can just say, actually, weighed up the pros and cons, and I just don't think that that's the right fit for me right now. And if other people judge you for being, like, too safe or something like that, then, again, I would say other people's judgments are, more often than not, just a projection of their own concerns, and you shouldn't let that guide or influence any big decisions you're making for yourself. Definitely. I would just like to finish this off by saying, Mm -hmm. kind of related, kind of not, (laughs) um, related to not caring about what people think, Kira is, you should trust Kira with her advice here because I have never known anyone like 
take her own advice as well as Kira does. Like, <laughs> on a very trivial and minor scale, you should see the confidence with which she vlogs in Waterstones. And, <laughs> <laughs> like, there, setting up my camera on books to film myself, le- like, reaching up and getting those aesthetic shots for the thumbnail. So it's something that did not come easily to me at all. When I was, I kid you not, like, 18 years old, I could not call and make appointments for myself. I was, like, terrified of anything like that. I would hate for people to look at me or anything regarding attention in my direction. And so that kind of thing did not come easily to me. But then I kind of had to weigh up and think, why do I care about those people? Mm. I want to do what I want to do. And now I'm living my best life. You are. And I feel like you inspire me every day with that. Like, you really are, like, fearless in that sense. And it's make it makes me... <laughs> act that way too a bit more and I love that mm-hmm. yeah I feel like there's definitely strength in numbers if there's like three people with cameras <laughs> then you seem less like weird than just one so. yeah I feel like I really whipped out the camera today in Waterstones and gave not a single fook <laughs> and we love it <laughs> love that for me okay so I feel like we can end the discussion there we had no idea which direction the discussion was going to go today I find that like list posts where we just go back and forth are a lot more structured and abstract themes are a little bit more scary but I think we handled it well yeah (laughs) yeah we handled it well like a a spoken essay where we just throw all of our thoughts and you're so good at them like you I feel like we never know what we're gonna say but your thoughts seem very coherent whereas mine just feel like I just (laughs) splurt them all oh splurt never gonna say that again (laughs) blurt them all out all over into this podcast it's a hot mess but I feel like that's what I add to our dynamic and I'm happy with that if you finish splurting then let's move on Okay, so welcome back. I don't want to say every section today I've said it like I'm a game host. Um, okay, so welcome to the Agony Ant column. Before we jump into that, I just want to comment on a little conversation we had. In between filming each section, we have a little break where we chat and export the section. We were just talking about Sally Rooney proofs of, the, of her new book, Beautiful World, Where Are You? And Kira said the words. I said, oh God, I would kill. Or I said I would die for a copy of that book or a proof yeah. of that book. Kira said, completely seriously, I would die, I would kill, I would destroy. <laughs> Whatever it takes, Whatever I want it takes. book. <laughs> I feel like you will not be contactable when that book comes out. <laughs> oh my god, will I even make it? That's the thing. Will the anticipation kill me before I actually get, get to it? It's just real cracked me right up. And I said, uh, Kira was meant to be starting the third section of this podcast, but I was like, no, I need to because I need to tell them about this. I had no idea what you were going to say. I was like, How did you not have an idea? Need? I literally laughed at Honestly. what you said and then was like, I want to start it. <laughs> I'm just clearly not with it today because I was like, oh, I wonder what she's going to start the section with. <laughs> just that iconic quote, I will, I would die, I would kill, I would destroy, whatever it takes. Sounds like a film tagline. Anyway, on with the agony on uh-huh. uh, We're taking I promise one. I'm not crazy. <laughs> well... <laughs> <laughs> we're taking one from uh, Dolly Alderton's com- column. We're taking one from Dolly Alderton's column in the Sunday Times this week because we do like to switch it up now and then. And I do just love the questions that come on here. The kind of tagline, yeah, I like the detail too. So the tagline for the um, question is, "Dear Dolly, I'm 30 and have moved home with mum and dad. How can I stop feeling lonely about being single?" So that's the tagline or the abbreviated version. And here we go for the juicy, detailed agony and let's go. Okay, so it says, I am nearly 30 and during the pandemic, I have moved back home with mum and dad. I now spend most evenings watching period dramas and going to bed at 9.30pm. Oh my God, Kira, it's you. (laughs) It's me. (laughs) Meanwhile, my friends have been getting engaged with big rings and buying houses. I am becoming increasingly worried that I will never meet the right person in time to have children with them. I love my job and my life. How can I stop feeling worried and a bit lonely about being single? Do you want to take it away? All right. There's a lot to dive into. All righty then. I feel like... The first thing that stands out to me is that this person is probably feeling a little bit like they've regressed because they've moved back home with mum and dad. And I feel like that's probably contributing to the feelings of like loneliness and despair because they're feeling as though not only are they not progressing, but maybe they've actually like moved backwards. But what I will say is that 
your life will have lots of ups and downs. I think a lot of people in the last year will have moved home with their parents because it's been such an uncertain time and also a time where if you live on your own or you're single that you literally would have been completely isolated. So I'd say if you're feeling lonely, even if amongst your circle of friends, you're the only one who's had that situation happen, amongst the rest of the population, you're probably absolutely not alone because it's something that a lot of people are going through. And again, the feeling of loneliness is something that a lot of people are sharing in this year because, you know, we've been isolated from people significantly more than we normally would. Now, moving on to like the rest of it, which is more about like whether you're going to meet the right person, having children, all of that kind of stuff. I would say that feeling an anxiety about it and feeling pressured is probably not going to help you in the long run because every person that you meet, you're going to be putting too much pressure on it. You're going to be like sort of psyching yourself out because you're thinking about like, I want to get married. I want to have children, all of that kind of stuff. And that's not really conducive to a normal, natural progression of a relationship if they're like it's putting yeah. too much pressure on it to begin with because you've got to think like having children is such a big thing to do that you want to have children with someone who you love or even on your own like there's nothing to stop you from having children on your own but you know it's like I feel like putting the pressure on it and potentially causing yourself to think that that's the most important thing can then lead you to rush and not find the right person because you're really just thinking about the the goal of having children, which I think is not conducive to your own happiness. You're going to be stressing yourself out and really you just got to think like, what is it that you really want? Is it children? Is that like the primary focus mm-hmm. of your life? Because if it is, there are so many things you can do. Regardless of whether you have a partner or not, you can foster children like I follow quite a few um foster parents on Instagram um who are based in America but like a good couple of them are single mums who have fostered and then adopted children through the foster system as single parents and so there's loads of things you could do you can adopt you could use a sperm donor like that was a really gross word to say and I'm sorry that I just said it on the podcast I hate <laughs> sperm <laughs> just flew out and I'm like Oh, oh no! <laughs> you could gross. say it's but <laughs> gross. Um, yeah, like there's loads of different. How do you dive right right into people trying to take your advice seriously after that? <laughs> <laughs> there's loads of different routes towards having children. So if that is your primary focus, then easily it is achievable. If the primary focus of your life is finding a partner that you want to be with, regardless of what timeline that falls on, then I think you just got to put yourself out there, put yourself in circumstances where you're going to be around people who are, you know, of similar interest to you, who have similar hobbies, or, you know, we live in a digital age where you can use apps to find people who sort of tick your boxes essentially so like there's so many different ways you can go about meeting someone and you're literally 30 so like there's nothing to stop you from doing both of those things like I think there's this big stigma around being 30 and that being like the time when it's like that's really not the time you don't need to have done anything by the time you're 30 and with modern medicine people have children like way into their 40s with no issues so like chill out enjoy life don't age yourself up by constantly worrying about passing of time because there's nothing that's going to make time feel like it's flying faster than constantly thinking about it yeah that's some really good advice you're right there's so much to unpack in this one question that's why i love Mm -hmm. these dolly alderton ones because they're just so so detailed (laughs) the first thing i'm going to comment on is the phrase i love my job and my life like i think if you're the person asking this or if you're relating to this person step back and think if you love your job that is such a massive part of your life I would even argue it's almost as big of a chunk as a relationship um and so possibly like in terms of hours like you spend so much time there yeah. like it's a really, it's really a massive important. part and so if you love your job and by extension you're saying your whole life or almost all of your life then that's a massive statement to make and I think reflecting on what you are happy about and where you are happy in your life, I think that is definitely the first step to kind of accepting your situation at Mm -hmm. the moment. And then another kind of part of this question that stood out to me was, 
comparing yourself to your friends that are getting engaged and buying houses and I absolutely think that that is definitely in your 20s just and 30s and well I can't say for any like any other time period but definitely where I am Mm -hmm. right now comparison is such a huge thing between friends between peers between people on social media um but you only see these big things you only see the big rings and the buying houses you don't know if that person hates their job and other aspects Mm -hmm. of their life like you can't compare yourself to other people we say it all the time you are on your own timeline at your own pace and just as quickly as things can go right for people they can go wrong like that life is all about the ups and downs and just because you're focusing on other people's ups and not kind of highlighting your own ups like you're just Mm -hmm. gonna get into this deep dark hole of comparison and it's never going to be good and I won't touch on like the child aspects of this question because like Kira says she's totally right there are so many ways if that is your priority that you can kind of progress that priority without a relationship um so I feel like there's just so much to unpack here. I'm having such a good time it's, with this yeah, question. so many different um, directions. But I think like the obvious other thing to comment on is how can I stop feeling worried and lonely about being single? Because obviously out of the two of us, I am the single one. Um, and I was actually having a conversation <laughs> with my housemate on the way back from doing the food shop today in the car where we were saying, I love, like cause when we moved into this house, everyone was single. And we've, we've just commented on the fact that it has been so much fun that everybody has been single. And that we always mm-hmm. say like, what would we debrief about? if everyone was in a relationship like what would we talk about like there's so many fun stories and hilarious stories that come from it like I although like obviously I want a like want a relationship it's a massive part of life as this person says like I'm not gonna try and act like it's not a massive part of life because it is Mm -hmm. um But I think focusing on kind of the fun of being single and being single with other people that you know and just kind of laughing about it and not seeing it as this big pressurised game to find the one. I think when you focus on finding that one person and finding the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with, dating becomes this chore and it becomes something that does then make you feel lonely because you're... Mm -hmm. kind of you're just putting so much unnecessary pressure on yourself I think approaching dating as this just like fun experience about meeting new people not putting pressure on every single person you go on a date with to be the one and to be the one you end up with and just Mm -hmm. getting to know that person as it's like own separate kind of experience makes it more fun and therefore you are more kind of comfortable in your own singleness does that make any sense Absolutely. And I think we've kind of touched on this before, but just like knowing that you yourself are completely whole and that a relationship is there just to enhance your life and as like someone to spend time with is just really, I think, something that would be comforting because like there's nothing wrong with you as you are. You're not a half of something. You're not missing anything. You are complete as you are. And there are still, you know, loads of people you can spend time with friendship wise without even thinking about romance. And so your person is out there you will find them but you've just got to give yourself time and be calm because probably if you're worrying and being anxious you're not being like your best self and yeah so, and you're not, not you're probably too yeah. new agey but like you know sending out those good vibrations definitely I recently encountered a situation where I did relate to this in that when my family were going through this loss my sister is in a very committed long-term relationship. My parents are also together and obviously in a very committed long-term relationship. Um, <laughs> and so it was kind of the five of us dealing with this. And it really hit me hard because it doesn't... Although I really like to joke about dating and I like going on dates, I find it fun to meet new people. Um, mm-hmm. I don't often put a lot of pressure on myself to not be single. Like, I don't do that... To- definitely anymore I feel like I've found Mm -hmm. my comfort I've found my groove I really like my own time my own company but in that moment when it felt like it was two couples that were supporting each other and then me I really struggled with Mm -hmm. it and I I said to my mum I was like I feel like I don't have a support system and then I kind of just was like Emily why are you being so silly stepped back and thought I have Kira I have my housemates (laughs) I have my sister and my parents and I have my sister's boyfriend I have all of this other network of people that my life is so full because of and I feel like often when you get into this spiral because obviously grief worsened this spiral for me but when you do get into a spiral where the only thing you can focus on is the fact that you don't have that one type of relationship you often forget about the other types of relationships that you do have um and in that moment I did have to just be like okay Emily put this into perspective you will find someone like life that's you know life has its ups and downs and like yeah yeah but you have so many other people that make your life full and are reasons why you are not lonely. And so sometimes it is difficult to pull yourself out of that thought process, but 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, relationships are great. Romantic relationships are one of those relationships. And obviously, being in one can confirm I like it. But <laughs> there can are so many other... The press. Can confirm. Would recommend. But <laughs> it, there are so many other relationships and connections in your life that can be equally as fulfilling and just as important. And so I think focusing your energy on what you do have and the things that bring you joy whether that is like this person who asked the question career and I'm assuming friends seeing as they have mentioned that they have friends so like there are so many other things that probably bring them joy and I think when you focus your attention to what you do have rather than what you don't have then good things will come to you again I think this is explored in the law of attraction but it's like when you have a lack mentality you'll continue to notice the things that you don't have and feel like even more areas of your life are missing something whereas when when you focus on the things that you do have and the things that are abundant in your life then more good things seem to flow your way more easily because you have subconsciously made yourself more open to all of the different eventualities that could happen so yeah yeah I feel like I always say this when we answer questions about relationships and about being single but I think my always my advice here is treat every single day like it is going to be your last day being single because trust me when you do get into that relationship because you will um if you are that way inclined and you want to find a relationship you will um you will long for the days where you could eat dinner have a bath and get into bed at 9 30 p.m and watch a period drama on your own without an annoying partner next to you you will long for those days (laughs) so treat every single day like it's your last day being single and because that it, every day could be you can meet someone anywhere at any point probably when you least expect it and when you're putting the least pressure on it and I think if you act like every single day is your last chance and join your own company f- to the fullest then yeah. you'll really stop <laughs> feeling the lonely parts of being single and start feeling the really fulfilling parts of being single uh-huh. completely uh-huh. agree and just to call <laughs> myself out here um because I think Jay, potentially last night while we were in bed, was thinking about how great it would have been to not have to share a bed with someone because (laughs) when we woke up this morning, he said, do you know what about you is that you fall asleep instantly, you close your eyes and you fall asleep instantly, and as soon as you fall asleep, your breathing changes, and he then played me a voice note which literally sounded like... (sighs) (laughs) of my sleep breathing and it was horrific my sister and I shared a room when we were growing up and she slept like she sounded like she was Darth Vader and now I think (laughs) I also sound like that so Jay's probably thinking about the days when he could just you know go into bed and sleep in peace no Um, sentence he's got me no (laughs) sentence ever starts well with the thing about you is (laughs) (laughs) yeah the thing about you is that you're really fucking annoying (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so embrace it because I sleep on my own in my massive double bed with my new sheets that I got for my birthday and I am content. (laughs) And I don't have Darth Vader next to me. I have silence. (laughs) Uh, And on that note... (laughs) I feel like this rounds up the podcast well. (laughs) Darth Vader noises. And if we don't stop now, we will ramble forever as per. So thank you for listening to this episode. I don't know where to go. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening. And we'll catch you next week. Bye, guys. See you later.